and it's all yours. Thank you. Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Ali, a compulsive reader and a uh, uh, 100-pounder. Glad to be here and uh, grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be a compulsive reader. And if you're a newcomer, it may not immediately resonate uh, how one can be grateful for this really devastating disease that takes everything from us, takes our soul. But uh, if you follow the intentions of the program, which is come to meetings, find a sponsor, and uh, read literature, work the steps. In time, it is at least suggested in the big book and also in my experience that one can claim, as I just did, that I'm grateful to be a compulsive overeater. So thank you for uh, allowing me to share experience, strength, and hope. I am a 100-pounder. My high weight was 285. I came into the program when I was 235 at the age of 33. And in August, I celebrated 39 years in program and 39 years abstinence. I didn't come to Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, you hear it uh, sometimes shared at meetings for the vanity. Uh, I was long past uh, any uh, hope for vanity. I was in despair. And uh, the big book refers to it as pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization this disease of compulsive reading and all its manifestations, uh, bulimia, anorexia, binge eating. I was a binge eater. And uh, at the age of 11 is what I remember, although I'm pretty certain I was, I had the compulsive mind obsession prior. But um, it took me until the age of 33 to, um, and, and many diets. Um, I lost a hundred and some odd pounds, 35 pounds on my own, never having heard of OA, swearing that this time, if I gained two, three, four, five pounds, I'd get right back on it. And of course, I, I didn't know what uh, the alcoholics had discovered which is I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind, that when certain foods come into my body, that the allergy is triggered and then the obsession of the mind dooms me to eating until I pass out. And um, But I would lose weight and I'd gain it right back. And um, so... As all of us probably have, I know I did, I'd wake up every morning, 
swearing I wouldn't binge today and it would only be a couple hours before I was in the grips of the insanity. And um, as might be true for others who are 100 pounders, uh, I was not a pretty 100 pounder. I smelled a lot, sweated a lot. I wore the same clothes. I wore sweaters at 120 degrees in Bakersfield, certain uh, that you would think I was thin if I wore big tented outfits and clothes. And so uh, by the time I got here, it really was for sanity and not for the vanity. I just needed some way of getting through a day without binging. And uh, and that happened for me on August 26, 1984 at 4.30 p.m. And uh, uh, I was 100% ready. The first step says we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. But there was a step before the first step. And the step before the first step is, in the big book, it says, we admitted to our innermost selves that we were compulsive readers who could not manage our own lives and that no human power, no human power, could have relieved our obsession. And... Uh, at 4.30 p.m. 1984, uh, I had admitted to my innermost self that I was done. I was done experimenting. I was done planning. I was done mapping out six months of, if I only ate 125 calories a day, I'd make up for the 10,000 calorie binge I had yesterday. You know, I, I was just done. And I was also done an, uh, uh, um, at another level, which is I no longer, I wanted to hear someone else's voice and someone else's ideas. I was exhausted of trying to figure life out using my ideas my solutions. My my solutions had always become my problems. And maybe another way of saying it is my problems in life had always been my solutions. And I was done with my solutions. I needed other ideas, other people, uh, other philosophies, other approaches. And, um, and then in that first step, it's a two-part step. It says we admitted we were powerless, which is no minor first half of the first step. For some of us, it takes pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization, what NAAs refer to as hitting bottom. And... 
for some of some others, the bottom is raised. Doesn't have to be at the level of losing everything, losing all hope. Um, for each person, it'll be different. For me, I had hit my bottom, but there is a glitch in that first step, which is there is a second part to it. And the second part of the first step is, and that our lives have become unmanageable. And sometimes it takes a while to get that. Sometimes what I found is, especially, not especially, but prior to OA, is that I could, uh, I knew I knew I couldn't say no to food. I, I didn't have the words that, I'm powerless over food because the only language I understood was willpower. But when I would go on a diet and my life would become unmanageable, but when I would go on a diet prior to program, um, I would start making my bed, which is unique as a compulsive overeater for me. I would do laundry. I would do my dishes. I would pay my bills. Um, there would be some semblance of hope. I would actually leave the house to go for a walk in nature. I would come back into the society of life. And three, four, five, six days would go by and this... This... Um, This uh, twist of the disease would kick back in and it would say, well, ah, your life is getting manageable again. You're paying your bills, you're making your bed, you're washing the dishes, you went out in the ocean, you, you went on a bike ride, and uh, um, and there it goes again. You know, as soon as that sensation or the idea of manageability has kicked in, uh, all of a sudden the permission to binge begins to surface. And that would happen to me again and again. Uh, and I would binge. And, my, and then, again, down the road, 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds later, my life would be unmanageable. And I'd go through this cycle. And I share that because it's really, for me, I, I had to accept both parts of the first step. The unmanageability, and at the moment I took the first bite again, the unmanageability would surface at a devastating level. And then the second step that says, well, if, it's, if, it's, if step one is true, and there's no human power, and that I have an allergy and an obsession of the mind, then there better be a power greater than myself that can provide me a, a philosophy of life, a way of thinking, a way of being in life, a way of managing the daily premise 
of existence, right? Just meeting my obligations, showing up, uh, being one among others, uh, speaking truthfully and not lying. As a compulsive reader, lying was a way of existence. And uh, so how to, you know, how to pay my bills, how to manage conflict, how to deal with resentments and fears and anxieties, what Bill W. later referred to as emotional sobriety. I had then no choice but to lean heavy into the steps so that I could do two things, be free of the mental obsession to binge and and to have emotional sobriety in the midst of turbulence of life, in the midst of being human, in the midst of being in relationships, which is no easy matter. And then to rely heavily on the third step, to give my problems, of which there were many, give my thinking, my belief system, my ideas of right and wrong to this power in the third step. And then learning uh, to not only recognize that this power in step two is not, not only faith in this power that I'm trying to experiment with. Bill W. uses the word we experiment with God. It's a relationship. It's co-created. In this experiment, I had to learn not only faith, but later trust and then later confidence that this power could guide me through all of life, all of my emotions, including my depressions, my resentments, my judgments, my fears, my hopes. One of the things that happens when we walk into this program is we're seeded, seeded with hope. You know, when we look at the seed of a tree, oak tree, for instance, or a redwood tree, the seed is small. You can hold it in your hand. Gentlemen, Minor, you have five minutes. Thank you. You can hold it in your hand. There's no way of knowing that the seed will over time grow into an oak or a redwood. There's no way of knowing. And yet there it is. Time, the alchemy of light, sun, carbon monoxide, dirt. It comes a giant oak. And when we come into the program, we're given that seed, but we really don't know what will come of it. 
we really don't know, uh, you know, referred to as the promises of the program. The promises is the seed that sprouts as a result of working the steps, being of service, having a sponsor, and working the traditions, going to meetings, praying and meditating, practicing forgiveness, making amends, atoning for the harms that we've done to others and to ourselves. And this seed sprouts into some vision of ourselves that we could not have imagined. We really are reintroduced to ourselves. We are reintroduced. We meet ourselves for the first time through the steps, through these meetings, through our higher power, and through a spiritual sobriety, not just emotional sobriety, but spiritual sobriety, spiritual sobriety, that life is for us, not against us, spiritual sobriety, take the first step, not just the first step in the 12 steps, but the first step towards life, to say yes to life, to get off the couch. The mobility of the soul to experience life, to have a felt understanding and appreciation of spiritual sobriety that says fear is the first thing God gives us when he wants us to do something important. Not to, to, to begin to imagine the possibility that we can befriend our fear. It's our greatest asset. It's how we meet God. That's an example of spiritual sobriety as well. So, it's not a button that's pushed. We plant the seed by coming into the meeting. And open our minds and our hearts again and again and again. Ooh, the steps. Ooh, sponsorship. Ooh, service. So that we can meet ourselves again, perhaps as the seed does, meets the oak tree or the red wind, strong, loaded, routed, connected, peaceful, being fully human. Thank you for allowing me to share and uh, grateful to my two sponsors who 
guided me, one for 37 years and one for one year. And uh, Bob L. and Alex. And uh, I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you.